I'm Sid. And I'm Jess. And th- this is not the Book Boyfriend Project because I did it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and this, this is, is the, the Book Boyfriend, Boyfriend Project. Project. Okay. Now that we've properly started this episode, we can talk about what we're going to talk about in today's <laughs> episode. Yep. So today oh. we are going to be doing one star reaction. So basically we are going to pick two or three books per, like, person per each of us mm-hmm. and we that like we loved we wholeheartedly loved and mm-hmm. we are going to kind of a predict what we think people would have given a one star review for mm-hmm. and b we are going to talk about why we actually agree or disagree with the gripe that this person has yes so i actually found this video um on youtube i saw jesse may do it on youtube so we'll link her channel in the show notes because she, I don't know if she came up with the idea, but that's where I got the idea from. Um, but it just, it sounded so fun, and I just, I was really excited. I'm really excited to film this one today, or record it, whatever. <laughs> yep, I'm super excited about it, simply because, like, I loved these books, mm-hmm. and so I feel like it's, because we don't, like, we're very positive, we talk about the goods about a book, sometimes we talk about, like, oh yeah, we didn't like this because mm-hmm. of this, but we don't actually, we don't usually hate on books, you know? Yeah, we don't like talk about books that we didn't like yeah although i feel like maybe we should do an episode on books that we just hated i mean we did do an anti-tbr true true we did do that and that's because we were trying to like balance it out again with like that episode but i feel like this one's gonna be more fun than the anti-tbr oh yeah yeah and i don't know the anti-tbr was like eh. yeah it it gave me more ideas for books that i wanted to read same as opposed to like books that i thought were just not okay same but, I don't know, I feel like, also, I feel like I'm a bit of an easy, I don't want to say easy, because then I feel like I'm calling myself a bad book reviewer, but I feel like I can just explain away some of the things that kind of raise red flags, or that, I mean, they do knock off stars when I'm reviewing a book, but, like, overall, usually I still enjoy the storyline, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see kind of what some other people thought and what their little gripes were about some of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. So, let's hop into it. Okay. Sid, let's get your first book. Okay, so my first one is the Happy Ever After playlist by Abby Jimenez. So, this is a bit of a spoiler, because I was going to include this one in our next speed reviews, like, group speed reviews, not our 12 days of speed reviews, which is happening right now, so you guys should definitely check back every day from now until Christmas, because we'll have a new review, and we're really, really excited about that series. Um, but this book, I just, like, totally fell in love with I'm just going to share a very, very brief summary. Basically, um, the two main characters, Jason and Sloane, Jason and Sloane, um, they fall in love. Sloane has had this really terrible experience. Her fiance died a couple of years ago and it just like absolutely shattered her. So she's been honestly a little bit depressed for the past couple of years, just kind of waiting through her grief. Um, and then all of a sudden Jason comes in and they have this like chance encounter Jason's dog actually jumps into Sloane's car. He, like, escapes because Jason is a, um, music person, an artist? An artist. Why do I feel like that sounds weird? I don't know. I don't know. But he sings music. Um, and he was, like... Musician. That's the word I was looking for. Um, They are song artists, but musician, I think, is the more technical term. 
Yes, that's the word I was looking for. I was just like song artist, music, word artist. Um, but anyways, so he's actually on location in Australia and he's left his dog Tucker with this like woman that he's been seeing and she like just is like the worst dog babysitter ever. He gets loose and literally jumps into Sloane's car and so that's kind of how they meet. She like of course calls the number that's on his tag and they start talking and back and forth and like that's how their whole relationship begins. Um, my prediction for, like, the little gripes that people are gonna have with this book is that it was a bit insta-lovish, and I feel like, I don't know, Sloane hasn't dated since her fiancé died, which was, like, two years ago at this point in the story, and I feel like for her to just kind of flip that switch so quickly, like, there is a little bit of build-up because they've been talking and texting back and forth the whole time he's in Australia, because between the time when she finds Tucker and when he comes back, there's, like, and when she finally gets a hold of him because he's like been on set and hasn't had service and blah 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 um i think it's like a two-week period so there is some build-up but it's like very very quick love after being through after going through such a traumatic experience with losing her first fiance so i feel like that's gonna so be is the there a biggest proposal thing. at the end of this oh yeah yeah there's like that lovely epilogue where they're married and pregnant and it's just wonderful okay but it's like an epilogue with like a they're married and everything like how there's many, an actual like, proposal in the book or okay. no, no 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 there's not that's in that blog it's like he did propose okay yeah so i mean maybe it's not like a super insta love kind of thing because they didn't it's not like um oh no he proposed okay so they were like so i think this book takes place over the course of a couple maybe like six months so like in the beginning part it's them getting together and then he like goes on tour and she goes on tour with him and that's where a lot of the struggles begin a couple months into this tour and then they have this like couple month break so i guess maybe it's like more of a nine month period you know? okay so it's not like super insta love then because when i think insta love i'm like oh they've known each other for a day oh they've known each other for a week or like two weeks and oh yeah he's proposing now that's my idea of insta love true, true. i don't know you know i just have commitment issues I know. I know. That's why. Anyways, so let's hop into the one-star reviews. I feel like that was a very long intro to this book. Okay, so the first one says, I'm so disappointed right now. This book is nothing like I thought it would be. I saw rave reviews all over Bookstagram, so I picked up an extended preview last week and loved it. It was the most adorable meet-cute, which I absolutely freaking agree. Like, can some- I mean, like, if I was single, I would love someone else's dog to jump into my car. (laughs) Wait, did you read this book, like, from the library? Yes. Was it an audiobook or, like, a book book? It was an audiobook. <gasps> okay, Jess is gonna check that out while we're doing this. Yeah. Um, so she picked it, the book up on release day and was so excited to dig into it, but the more I read it, the more I was disappointed. By the end, I was skimming through because I couldn't deal with the main characters anymore. This book has a whopping 4.57 rating on Goodreads, so clearly everyone else loved it, but unfortunately it was not for me. Here's why the book didn't work for me. The style of writing. The writing is way too simple and doesn't pack any punch. Most of the pages are filled with variations of I'm so in love with him, she drives me mad, she's my whole entire life slash my very existence, tipped in her direction, cliche rock star drama. I mean like yes, but I don't mind that. Someone else has it? Oh, it's six weeks? Is that someone else me? Yeah, do you still have it? I was hoarding it. I won't lie, guys. I re-listened to this book like four times. I need you to return it. Okay. I'm checking. Okay, I'll return it. I think someone so. else might have it on hold. Someone else has it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm third in line. I'm so sorry. 
Okay, so this person also says that the insta-love was an issue for them. She loves the slow build-up and the tension, which, like, yes. But, and she says that the main character is severely depressed. So, yes, she was, but I feel like in the book they kind of start to explain that Jason kind of just came along at the right time when Sloane was finally ready to take herself out of that depression because I, I full-heartedly believe that, like, someone else can't drag you out of your depression you know you have to make that decision for yourself and so part of me agrees with that but also like I feel like Sloane was just ready right and then they're also complaining about the portrayal of grief grief the author says she's based this book on a friend of hers so maybe this is an accurate portrayal of grief but it didn't make sense to me so she has know. a gripe because she didn't understand the grief yeah. process for this one person. Grief I, is such a unique thing. That irritates me. Yeah, I'm a little irritated with that, too. Because, like, unless you have gone... Th- I mean, even if you have gone through that exact situation, no one deals with it the same way. Yeah, everyone has their own experiences, their own ways to deal with grief. Some people might, like, automatically bounce back, and it might not hit them for, like, a year afterwards. Like, oh, uh, Okay. That, that's deeply irritating. Um, the crazy ex-girlfriend trope. There is a crazy ex-girlfriend trope, but I feel like I would have been more irritated with this if the crazy ex-girlfriend didn't have kind of like a redemption arc in it. He has like this crazy ex-girlfriend that's like also a musician and they had like this fling and she wrote this song about him and I don't know. But she had like this redemption arc because like it kind of shows, I feel like she is the embodiment of like the ugly side of the music industry and like what it can do to you. And that was, I feel like she served as kind of a wake-up call for Jason to kind of be like, hey, like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do this on my, or more so I want to do this on my own terms, you know? <laughs> um, and then the lying. There was a little lying in here. Jason did do some things. Like, he lied to protect Sloan, which I wasn't a huge fan of that either. I feel like that's never a good way to handle something in a relationship. Yeah. It's better just to, like, talk it through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pointless drama, which was, again, back to the ex-girlfriend thing. I don't know. I feel like drama is needed in It is! Like, why else are we reading this but to <sighs> escape to, like, some other, like, alternate reality of, like, drama and intrigue and excitement? Yes, yes, I agree. So, like, they have some valid points in this review, but I just... I, I don't really agree with most of them. No. <laughs> I won't lie. <laughs> No, like, I'm... Okay, what's the next one? So, also, guys, we haven't actually read through any of these one-star reviews before beginning this, so if there's, like, a couple of, like, longer pauses, it's because we're trying to find a review that's not just, like, oh, yeah, I hated this book, and it was blah, and they don't actually give us any reasonings, because we don't want something like that. We want something that's actually, like gives us reasons why they disliked it, gives us things that we can actually discuss with you and talk about and either agree slash disagree on. hmm Yeah. Okay, so here's this next one. So this one has a disclaimer thrown in saying that they really didn't like the friend zone, which was Abby Jimenez... Jimenez's? Jimenez's first book. Um, and I really, really want to read this one after reading that book. Um, so this was kind of like her second chance book. So they really liked the intro... And they really liked how her and Jason kind of just bonded over the phone, created this friendship without having, like, 
the physical aspect of the relationship be a thing, which I agree, I thought that was really cute too. Um, this person said that they didn't like how the writer depended so much on contrived situations. What does contrived mean? Contrived situations. Mm, I feel like contrived is kind of like a convenient situation. Like, oh yeah, like... Literally every romance novel is based on a convenient situation. Yeah, like, it's like a coincidence or kind of like those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. I think is like a contrived... Yeah. Situation. They also said that they didn't love the dramatic gesture at the end because it kind of felt like a publicity stunt, which I kind of, I mean, yes, but I feel like it was like a genuine event, you know, because at the end, Jason and Sloane are broken up. Sloane somehow ends up attending one of Jason's concerts in like the area that she lives in. And usually he starts off the concert, like, saying something, like, cool about the city and, like, sharing a memory that he has there. And he's, like, he just gets really real with the audience. He's, like, you know what? The woman that I love lives here. And not being with her tonight is killing me and, like, this whole thing. And, yes, it kind of, like, makes the public love Sloan, which kind of solves another problem that they're having. But at the same time, it was, it was good publicity, but it was also, like, this genuine mm-hmm. thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they really did not like how cruelly the author treated Sloane, which I, I guess I don't see how Sloane was treated cruelly. It says, if you read Jimenez's note at the end of the book about her inspiration, you'll discover that she had a friend who went through something similar to Sloane's loss of Brandon, which is her ex-fiancé. To me, that information made me like the book less. I thought, given the history, why did you cheapen the experience with the way you tell the story and why if you feel like grief counseling is such an important thing did you trivialize trivialize it slash dismiss sloan's words in the book now everyone is going to read your note at the end maybe use your characters differently so that the message comes through in the story i i guess i don't know i didn't think that the author was really portraying sloan cruelly just because i feel like Maybe this person's had a different experience with grief, but I don't know. I just feel like, you know, everyone mourns in their own way. Mm-hmm. And this was just the way that the author decided that Sloane was going to mourn. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. The only way I could see her being treated cheaply is if, like, the fact that, like, she was just so deeply depressed that she stopped doing all the things that she loved. But, like, that's not... Like, that's a part of grief and depression yeah I didn't think that was like so abnormal that it was Mm -hmm. like I'm like oh how dare you portray it like that you know Mm -hmm. so I don't know I think that's gonna wrap it up for this book because it's taken quite a bit longer than I thought it would (laughs) to do one book (laughs) but let's do one of Jess's Jess which one do you want to start with I will be starting with Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover so we actually I actually did a speedy review on this book in I believe it was our speedy review that we posted in October. I think it was, October. It was our first one. I think it was in our first speedy review, so I'm not going to give too much information or summary on this simply because we did already talk about that and do that, so if you guys want more information than what I'm about to give, definitely go check out that episode. So basically, Miles and Tate are the main characters of this book. Miles is a flight... Um, like, pilot thing. Attendant. Uh, no, he's not. He's a pilot. Oh! For he's some a... reason, I... Never mind. I'm just no, not gonna talk about him that. him and his group of friends are a... are pilots, and 
So Tate comes to live with her brother while she is, I believe, in nursing school. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, her and Miles kind of start this, like, friends of benefits kind of thing because Miles lives, like, across the hall and is best friends with her brother and her brother is also a pilot. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how they know each other. And I feel like that's going to be the main gripe is this starts off with them being, like friends with benefits and him being like there's only two rules like don't fall in love with me don't expect a future Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and so I think a lot of people are going to need to have issues with Miles as a character Mm -hmm. although for me personally I feel like so the book goes back and forth between like present day and Miles as 17 so it gives Tate's perspective in the present day and it gives Miles perspective from when he was 17 Mm -hmm. and when he was dating this girl and kind of what shaped his adult self's feelings on love and relationships Mm -hmm. so you learn why Miles is the way he is from his own perspective Mm -hmm. from the time period in which kind of damaged him Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where I think this is going to go, they're going to have a lot of issues with Miles and his treatment of Tate. Yes. And they're going to be very upset with how Tate falls in love with him and everything. Yeah. So, without further ado, I'm going to jump into uh, this first review. Mm -hmm. One one thing really quick before you jump in. So, I've actually read this book also. So, this is one of those books where we both know what's happening, and I feel like that'll make this one a little more interesting to talk about. So, this first one... um, says, okay, this book was miserable, it goes toe-to-toe with Hopeless for the worst book I've read by her, and immediately, I've also read Hopeless, because that's another one of Colleen Hoover's books, I, I loved that book, it was so emotional, to me, a Colleen Hoover book, I'm reading that because I expect to cry, I expect to fall in love with those characters, and I expect great things, I own, I want to say half the books that she's put out, and I've read probably four or five of them. I loved every single one of them. Yes, her characters can sometimes not be as maybe they're not feministic yeah. as I like you may want. They yeah. might not might not be as like you know, like woman powered as they are, but she doesn't write like she doesn't create cookie cutter characters. She doesn't. They're all very very like they have their own stories to tell Mm -hmm. and most of her side characters also have a story to tell like you like it is she writes as if these were like actual things and I love these books so much that was kind of a shock to my system when I started reading Colleen Hoover books after you recommended them because like I think I can't remember if Ugly Loves was the, was the first one that I read from her that you recommend. I think it might have been. I didn't... My biggest gripe with this book was the back and forth with Miles' perspective. I did not like that. I didn't like how it was written, but I saw the point of it in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I was really, really annoyed by the back and forth because I'm I was like, so I don't irritated. give a crap about Miles at 17. I want to know about Miles now. But then when you get to the end of it, you're like, oh my god. Yeah. I know why we have this, yeah. and now I'm so thankful that we did. Yeah. So, next up, it has, there are three things that I think went horribly wrong in this book. First, there's blatant sexism and the perpetuation of gender stereotypes on every single page. So, I kind of get that, 
because like yes Tate is like oh yes like he told me not to fall in love but I still am Mm -hmm. and so like that kind of like presentation of a woman a woman can't have sex without gaining feelings for the man and everything Mm -hmm. else and he's like yeah I don't have feelings for her like we're not together it's like blah blah I can have casual sex without feelings yeah do you think it's also kind of exemplified in the fact of their like professions because like Tate's a nurse which is like a female dominated industry and Miles is a captain an airplane pilot yeah like I get that but also like I mean, I mean, it's true. It's it's true. Like, it's true that there are gender stereotypes in this, but also like, just because that may be the stereotype of the gender doesn't mean that like it's not what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, most it's a stereotype because at least some of the population has it. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, most girls do associate sex with feelings. Like, it's yeah. not, it's not wrong. Yeah, and I feel and, like. Another thing is, I don't feel like Colleen Hoover's books are necessarily marketed as YA books. They're not. These are novels. I feel like it would be a different story. I might feel differently if this was aimed at, like, a 14, 15, 16-year-old. But these are adult books. Not that Mm -hmm. adults don't need, like, that nudge of empowerment. But, like, at that point, I feel like you have enough Mm -hmm. other life experience to not see this and be like, oh, like, this is the way the world works. This is the only way it can be. These books aren't even marketed as romance books, guys. Barnes & Noble doesn't even put Colleen Hoover in the romance section. She is in the fiction section. They are drama books. They are kind of... They are not marketed as a simple romance. This, no. The romance, like, yes, the relationship building and everything may be, like, the main, like, quote-unquote main, mm-hmm. like, plotline, but also, like, her her books are more about character development and everything Mm -hmm. so yes I understand that so second this main character had absolutely no self-respect and you know she says she lets Miles walk all over her and decimate her feelings to a pulp which like okay kind of but also Tate ends up walking away from Miles in the end like she's like you know what I can't deal with your like crap anymore Mm mm-hmm and she, like, walks away, like, you don't want to give me what I want, and I love you too much, so mm-hmm. I'm walking away. Again, I feel like this is a very real character. Like, as sad as this is, this happens mm-hmm. in real life. Like, yes, she, like, let Miles walk all over her, but also, like, Miles was very upfront in the beginning mm-hmm. with, like, this is not a relationship, you cannot fall in love with me, do not expect a future. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like you can really say that she's letting Miles walk all over her when it's her choice to have those feelings and to continue in the relationship and to continue, like, attempting. True. And it's it's not even that Miles was, like, drawing her back after she admits that she has feelings. He's like, I can see that you're developing feelings. We need to stop. Yeah, like, Tate is the one that pushes to continue the relationship and Miles is like, no, like, you should walk away. Yeah. Like, he, it's not like, oh, yeah, no, your feelings, like, they don't really matter. You just, you want the good sex. Like, he doesn't do that. No, that's not what he does. And I feel like that would be, like, a strike against female empowerment if he was (laughs) like that, you know? But he's not. He's like, you know what, this, these were the rules that we set up. It's not working anymore, so Mm -hmm. we're done. So then it's like, yeah, Tate was spineless and pathetic, which was infuriating, which, I mean, yeah, it kind of was. I was a little annoyed with her. Tate as like a 
thing. And then the last one, and probably most significantly, is the way that this story is told is twisted. The main conflict in the book follows Miles. It's about Miles' tragic backstory and how he comes to term with that and how he can never love again. And so why then does this story attempt to revolve around Tate? Like she goes back and forth. It doesn't it doesn't attempt to revolve around Tate. Yeah. Like it revolves around both of them yeah. equally. Because it's literally it's not like it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna have five chapters from Tate, one from Miles and go back to Tate. Like it's every other back and forth every other time. Yeah. And so I feel like we get the present perspective from Tate simply because like we don't need as much backstory from her. You don't, you, like, you're getting all of the backstory about Miles and his character development from the time in which it's most relevant to Miles. Whereas Tate, I don't believe, had as much, like, backstory that needed explaining. Like, mm -hmm. she's not had as much of a tragic, tragic kind of life. Mm -hmm. And so we could get to know her as a character from her present perspective, which most books are written from the female perspective, yeah. even if the main conflict revolves around the male. Yeah. Like, I've read books where it's like, oh yeah, like, the main conflict is going to revolve around the male, and the female's just kind of there, and she's just falling in love with him, and they don't even give you the male's perspective. Yeah. So, like... Yeah, I've experienced that as well. I don't agree with that, like... Mm -hmm. Like, there's a... I don't know. Like, she's not the main character. I feel like this person doesn't, like, actually understand that, like, even if it's from their perspective, they're not just the main character. Like, it, it, they can be completely yeah. equals in being the main character. Yeah. Okay, so then it's like Tate was a doormat, and, you know, Miles completely walks all over her, and. Um, she tries to sell this as a book about two people in a relationship just for sex, and it's like, no, it's manip manipulative, it's one of the most unhealthy relationships I've ever read about, and it gives off completely disgusting, disgusting messages to young women reading this book. Okay, I have a gripe with that. that let, that's, that's the same. If this was a YA novel, because that was my issue, that was a huge issue I had with Twilight, because it portrayed mm -hmm. such this unhealthy relationship, but this is not a young adult novel. It's A, not a young adult novel. I'll say I read this book probably when I was about 14 and not once did I think that this was a portrayal of an unhealthy relationship because like it does like it's like he straight up is like no this is going to be just sex hmm. he does not like it's not like he attempts to like be like yeah no we're gonna be together and it's gonna be great and you know we're gonna fall in love like he not once until the very end even tells Tate that he has feelings for her, even though he is gaining feelings with, for her throughout the book, you can see. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even tell her that he has feelings for her until he goes and confronts his past. Yeah. Like, he not once, it's not like he attempts to be manipulative, he doesn't, like, yes, Tate wants him, and she continuously goes back to him, and she lets herself fall in love with him, even though, like, they're not like they're not in a real relationship mm -hmm. and like I don't I don't know I don't get the part about it being an unhealthy relationship yeah it would be an unhealthy relationship and that's what it was supposed to be but it's not it's supposed to be like a friends with benefits situation but is it does it turn into an unhealthy relationship as soon as Tate starts having those feelings and Miles notices it 
I mean, I feel like it would if Miles was trying to pull her back in, but he doesn't. Like, he tries to tell her to, like, stop. True. I feel like the unhealthy relationship with her is coming more from Tate's perspective of allowing this and continuing to go on with it. Yeah, I mean, it's unhealthy, but Tate's a grown woman, and she decides to allow this. She decides to go back to it. She decides to stay with it. True. So the ending of this is kind of against Colleen and how she writes books that deal with mentally destructive topics, which she does. A lot of them are about grief and they are about different destructive things that can actually happen. Mm-hmm. And she says that it's always done so unhealthy and wrong and I don't agree with that at all. And, you know, she's shocked that they always that Colleen Hoover books are always rated so highly, and no, um, <laughs> you strongly disagree. I strongly disagree with that. I've loved every Colleen Hoover book. Sometimes I have to take breaks because I'm so invested in the characters, and I have that moment where I'm like, no, I don't think I can mm-hmm. continue. I feel like if you aren't used to reading those kind of books, Colleen Hoover books are really, truly a shock to your system. Because, as I said, I just recently started reading some of her books, and I think Ugly was the first one that I read, and at first I wasn't super impressed with it. It's so different from, like, the cookie-cutter contemporary romance books that I love to read and that I gravitate towards, that yes, it kind of takes me by surprise that she tackles all of these topics like the ending of this book is just totally heartbreaking and like it explains why miles is the way he is it's just like gut-wrenching and when i just read i just i was like totally gutted by it and i feel like they're hard books they're not like i'm gonna read this book and i'm gonna end it i'm gonna feel great you know Mm -hmm. but that doesn't i don't know i don't i don't feel like that makes them bad books no like she does not like yeah, none of her books end on cliffhangers, and most of them get, like, a happy ending, mm-hmm. but she makes you work to get that happy ending. Like, mm-hmm. you go through emotional turmoil yeah. with these books, and yeah. they are amazing. And if you read any reviews on her books, every single one of those reviews, especially if you read the good reviews, will warn you of that fact. Mm-hmm. Almost all of them have a warning on them, like, hey... This is a thing. Yeah. This is going to emotionally wreck you. Yeah. If you do any research whatsoever and reviews, if you're a t- if you're a person that doesn't read reviews at all, yeah, it's going to be a shock to your system. But yeah. also, like, they have, like, things. Yes. And, again, I want to say this because I feel like these are not YA books. These are not books that are like going to be given to I mean you read them when you were really young but like I didn't even know Colleen Hoover existed until I was an adult so these are not books that are going to be readily handed to young readers you Mm -hmm. know like as an when you're an adult like I feel like you have the power to make that decision like if you can't handle this book and what it's going to talk about just put the book down yeah and I think some of them even have like hey 18 and up only kind of things, at least in their Amazon, like, synopsis, I feel yeah. like they have, um, ones yeah. that are, like, you know, yeah. like, this would, don't read this. This would never be put in, like, a high school library. That's kind of, like, my, no. that's kind of my classification of, like, YA, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, so, A Serpent and Dove is my next book by Shelby Mahurin. Mah- Mahurin? 
Mahirin. I cannot say this author's last name. Can I get a pronunciation on that, please? That's what Goodreads should add to their website, like one of those little like speaker icons next to the author's name, so that I can just play it. I don't yes. have to butcher it. Yes. Um. So this book, I feel like this book has become really, really popular this year. I believe it launched or was published last year. But basically, I've talked about this book before. I mentioned it in our last speed review, so I'll gloss over this. Um, the two main characters are Louise LeBlanc and Reed Diggory. Louise is a witch, and she kind of lives on the streets of this... I believe it's supposed to be, like, a Parisian-esque town, um, city, whatever. And she's a thief, and she's a witch, and in this world, the witches are burned at the stake. Reed Diggory is a chasseur, which is basically, like, a witch hunter, um, and they have, like, they're very closely tied with the church and all of that. And Reed has been raised in the Chasseurs. He was an orphan, so this is, like, all he's ever known. Um, basically, they end up in this situation where Reed and Lou are put in a very compromising position and they're forced to marry, so Reed doesn't lose his status as a Chasseur. And this book is kind of about Reed coming to terms with the fact that, like, everything that he's been raised to believe may not necessarily be true. Like, all witches aren't, like, evil and they don't all deserve to be burned. And Lou is being pursued by her mother, um, who's trying to kill her, and that's kind of her main plotline in this book, and of course, like, falling in love with Reed. Um, I freaking love this book, like, probably 4.75, 5 out of 5. It was so, so good. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of what someone might complain about in this book. There's, like, blatant prejudices. Preju pre prejudice? prejudice that's the word yeah. I'm looking for um and some sexism against women but it's also placed in a time period which like not that this excuses it um but it's placed back in a time period where that's very normal it's a male-dominated world I do like the fact though that like the society norms are almost flipped when you see more of like the witches society and learn about like their lore and their history and everything like that where it's like totally women dominated um but yeah I think those are going to be the biggest gripes with this book Okay, so this first one is titled, I've got 99 problems and this book is all of them. So this person is upset because they feel like the people of color characters were described like just by their skin color and that was it. You just kind of learn that like that's their skin color, like they have a different skin color and that's it. That's all you learn about them. One of the main characters is a person of color and I guess I didn't really notice this, um, but She's really just described as having brown skin, that she's curvy and has brown eyes and dark hair, when a lot of the other characters, like specifically Lou and Reed, they're described as having like beautiful emerald eyes or like shining copper hair. That is not something that honestly I picked up on. Um, and I feel like as not a person of color, I don't feel like we can really comment on that, comment on that a whole lot. Yeah, I don't think so either. So I feel like that's probably totally valid um faux feminism is their next complaint um so lou is kind of introduced as like a badass character this person is saying she dressed as a man for disguises curses excessively um which is frowned upon in this era doesn't want to be shackled by marriage and she's like super independent and can really take care of herself no issues there so then oh Oh, this is totally valid. So the problem arises for this person when Lou begins to kind of put down this girl named Celie, which is the girl that Reed really loved before and he really wanted to marry um, for her appearance and her demeanor. She is like, okay, so Celie is this very like 
feminine, docile character. Um, and Lou spends a lot of time in this book kind of, like, crapping on her. <laughs> Which, I don't know. She Part of it's because she has feelings for Reed, and eventually in the book, Lou does start to kind of feel things for Reed. Um, and this reviewer says, It's annoying that Celie's character exists only for Lou to pile meaningless insults onto, which, if you couldn't tell, came off as very anti-feminist. The only female characters that are described positively throughout this entire novel are the ones who take a man in a physical fight. The book promotes the idea that strong women should rebuke all forms of femininity, in which I found completely wrong. Okay, that's valid. That's valid. <laughs> I feel like... I don't know. I feel like that doesn't make me hate the story or like this book any less. Yeah. But it is a valid point. I feel like it's a valid point, but I feel like they're also ignoring the time period and the era in which it takes place. A little bit. Because in order to really be a strong woman in that kind of time, you, even for like the men to respect you, you couldn't really have as much like femininity and you couldn't be. True. Like, you can't be, like, act and look like a woman and still be, Mm -hmm. like, strong and independent. Yeah. and Because that's just not... Yeah. And I feel like I kind of took Lou's rejection of femininity as her just kind of rejecting the whole, like, culture of the witches. Because, as I mentioned, it's kind of, um, like, the patriarchy is kind of flipped on its head in the whole witches society. And so I feel like maybe that was also part of her like renouncing that part of her heritage a little bit I think that's more so how I took it but this reviewer definitely has some really really great points um so the next point that they have is fat phobic narration um there's only one obese character in this book whose name is pan and when he's first introduced he's described as short heavy set he waddled around the counter as fast as his legs would carry him um this is also very valid so they're forced into marriage kind of against their will they're not in love when they get married um reed or i'm sorry lou spends half of this book hating every cell of reed's body and then all of a sudden she gets jealous at this ball when he's talking to another girl and i feel like it was a little bit instant love because there's a point in the book where lou really withdraws from reed and from her life because there's this really traumatic event that happens that just like shocks her to her core um and then all of a sudden it's kind of like hey like I'm back to life like we're good we're like pals ish I don't love you but I don't hate you right now so I would agree with that one as well but again it doesn't it doesn't make me hate the story okay but as far as the insta love comment you said she spends most of the book hating him she spends a good chunk of the book hating him are they like do they actually are they actually at that point where they're saying I love you and everything at the end of the book at the very end of the book yeah yeah so it's more of a switch that's flipped within Lou from where she goes to like I can't stand you you suck to being like more open to like actually creating a relationship with Reed Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't say that's more insta love because like okay yes there's like a switch that's flipped but she flips that switch and then they do more like relationship building and everything yeah Whereas it's not like, oh yeah, I flipped the switch from hating you to actually, yeah, I actually love you. Mm -hmm. To where they do some relationship building kind of afterwards. A little bit. It's not a lot, but I feel like the way that the events transpire in this novel, again, I'm like trying to be really careful and not spoil it for Jess because she is going to read it very soon. Um, And for anyone else who hasn't read it. But I feel like there is still at least some of it. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. So, all very valid points in this person's defense. I mean, just because there's only one obese character doesn't mean that it's fat phobic. It's also, like, I feel like a lot of these, and I feel like maybe this is just me rationalizing it because I haven't read the book, even mm-hmm. though I did just check it out and I do plan to start it tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's ignoring a lot of the time period. Like, because mm-hmm. what I'm thinking, what I'm imagining for this book, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that it's more like early 1700s, like late 1700s yeah, or yeah. whatever, where they have to work for everything. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of downtime, so mm-hmm. there's not going to be a lot of obese characters because food is scarce, mm-hmm. and what you what you do get, you have to work for a lot. So, like, yeah. how can you be obese when and, there isn't... I mean, it's a bit stereotypical because he is, he is a baker. So that is quite stereotypical. Yeah. I don't know, and I feel like... Maybe I just take a lot of liberties, like, when I'm imagining these characters. I've said it many times before. A lot of the times, I take character descriptions as suggestions, not necessarily hard, fast rules. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like, I don't know. I just, maybe it's just because it's only specified with him, but I just felt like when I was reading this book and envisioning the characters, I didn't envision all of them as being, like, thin, model-like, like, in the best shape of their life, not being, like normal people you know like I imagine them as normal people so I don't know maybe um that was just my interpretation of it and I totally glossed over this but that is that's a valid point Mm -hmm. but I still love the book (laughs) um this person also had some issues with the villain so the villain in this book is truly I don't know it's a little bit hard to say because I feel like there are some definitely like morally ambiguous characters like the archbishop for example is definitely a morally ambiguous character um but i feel like the main villain is portrayed as louisa's mother morgan um because like she's trying to kill her daughter and this person says that we're introduced to the villain on a whim and know nearly nothing about them for the entirety of the novel which is definitely true it's hard to feel anything for them at all hatred fury sympathy when their motives and backstory are almost completely undefined for me, what makes a story so compelling is knowing how troubled or morally gray an antagonist is. It may sometimes get to the point where you're teetering on liking the villain despite their awful nature. Shelby Mahirin paints this figure as almost a character-like, which in turn had me bored to tears. Which, I would agree, the villain is not discussed in great detail, but I feel like in the second book, the villain really comes to life. Um, which, I mean, like, that's, I mean, kind of something to do with the first book, but, like, if you just read this book before the second book came off, that's definitely a very valid point, but I almost feel like, for me, the antagonistic force in, um, this first book is just the fact that, like, Lou is a witch, Reed is a witch killer, and they're in love and married, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that, it's more of an inner conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and this person also criticized the book for insta-love, but I think that's gonna wrap up today's episode. It's been a bit of a monster, but we hope that you guys enjoyed it. Um, like we said, make sure you subscribe to our podcast or follow it on your favorite podcasting platform. If you guys left us a review, we would really, really appreciate it. Right now, we are currently doing our 12 Days of Christmas Speedy Review series, so make sure you guys are checking you back every single day for that. But that's gonna wrap it up for today. Thanks so much for listening.